0: I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me on Psychomedy Daily Dose today, it's Scott Kapuro. How are you? I'm okay. How are you?
1: I'm trying to keep up with my husband's um, consumption of food. <laughs> I've, I I seen,
0: I've seen your husband and you on on Instagram, but it's we're a double. Can I, Yeah, can I say in a time where relationships are supposed to be strained, it looks cute. It looks the cutest marriage I've seen. <laughs> I think
1: we're, we're trying to do our best um, to both, you know, amuse one another and stay out of one another's way, which is, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a thin line we're we're tap dancing on. But I think we're doing all right because we're in California, so there's a lot of open space, uh, and if we want to get away from one another, we can. And we don't really feel trapped yet.
0: So Yeah. Nice, nice. Is that the secret then? You only show on Instagram the 10 minutes that you're together in the day? The joyous
1: times. <laughs> I mean, also, we stopped kind of showing stuff of us outdoors because we've gotten so much grief about it from uh, people who are watching us who are local because California is, you know, we're the first, were the first state and really the first area in the US, the Bay Area, to be um, locked down, not locked down, but told to stay indoors. Yeah. And I think for that reason, uh, our, our death numbers are low, but also people are taking it still very, very seriously. And, you know, there's a lot of people on their journeys in San Francisco, you know, and self-protection is a big thing. And they're willing to tell you their story, but from 10 feet away. And when they see us outdoors and stuff, we get a lot of grief for it online. So we, we stopped showing those videos of us running naked on the beach or you know, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> mud wrestling. We, we stopped showing those.
0: So. Yeah, you get grief sometimes for the things you're allowed to do and the things yes. sometimes yeah. you're encouraged to do, which is go and, and exercise with the person that you live with. And
1: uh, It's true. And yeah. my husband and I, you know, the, the corona is like vacation because we hate people. So, <laughs> you know, we're keeping our distance, you know, at the best of times. So now, I mean, I went and saw my father yesterday because mm. uh, it was Easter and he's 85. And I felt anxious about discussing that on Instagram. And, and we're, we're doing the Instagram stuff just to have something to do because otherwise we would be out of our minds. And um, I'm doing stand-up on Instagram every night at 8. And yes, then a I've lot seen, a full yeah. show on Saturdays. It's insane because it's two room full of no one except my husband with a grouchy, kind of a crabby look on his face while he's filming. <laughs> Terrible audience member. And he jumps in and he jumps. He totally crushes my punchlines and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> we're doing that just because, you know, without that, we'd have no, you know, a form to our day. We'd just be like gypsies wandering the streets. So... Yeah, you know we're doing our best to sort of not go out of our minds
0: yeah i've seen that he's a good audience member he's laughing and i saw your sister laughing yesterday and just like if i did okay she's better in person
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) she does she does tend to have a a second glass of of wine at home on the weeknights and start heckling me online with her friends (laughs) you can do that on instagram you can all watch each other on the screen and heckle the comic which is as you know, terrifying <laughs> to have that many people heckling you in silence. So it's a, new, it's a new form of expression. And in a way, it reminds me of, it feels like a new sort of alternative comedy because I'm old enough to have been around when the current form of whatever alternative comedy has become relatively stale. And then there's another new form, right? So there's always a different way to express yourself and a different way to reach an audience. I think I just, I'm seeing this as that. You know, I'm not going to be, like, when I remember when I saw Seinfeld, you know, complaining about performing for university audiences, Hmm. saying, oh, you know, the kids don't know how to laugh, they they don't have a sense of humor, they're also PC. And I remember thinking, it's just a new form of expression, really. It's just because they're young and they don't know or care who you are. And so with this, it's another new form, I think. I'm just seeing it as a challenge, which is what comics, we have to reinvent ourselves all the time anyway, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice, man. We were all waiting for the new alternative comedy, and yeah,
1: maybe this is it. I think it. this is it. <laughs> we drive up in our limo, roll the window down, yell our jokes out, roll the window back up, and fuck right off. That's, this, is, this is, right? We're all Bette Midler. We're all superstars now, right? No one can ask you, hey, what were your numbers last night? Zero, baby. Zero numbers. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Every seat's got a 50-pound note on it. You know, I am I'm asking people... If they want, on the Saturday night shows, because I'm doing a full set, they can mm. tip if they like. And actually, people like it, you know. I mean, I had to cancel a lot of shows on this tour and give back a lot of money. Yeah. And I think most people are giving it back again. They're returning the refunds and watching Correct. me live. On, I can't tell, Nathan, seriously, if I'm doing the best or the worst stand-up <laughs> I've ever done. I can't tell. Because a lot of it's chatter. I'm just talking, and my husband's interjecting about our day, and I'm just responding to that. Or, like you said, my sister turns up, and I just talk to her. So, but people seem to like it. So I'm, yeah, being yeah, a, yeah. I'm for the first time, I don't say this with any pride. I'm not patting myself on the back, but for the first time, I'm feeling a bit like a populist. Oh. Like I'm giving an audience instead of what I want. I'm giving giving them maybe. <laughs> What they pref- what they prefer for now, just for now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This could this could change your style forever. It's because uh, it's yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uplifting from what I've seen, and it's yeah, people want that. People do want that at this time, and I, yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Maybe this yeah, maybe this will change you forever, and you'll just be a cute, uplifting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That'll be me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, because I've never really performed on a regular basis in front of gay and lesbian audiences. And whenever I'm asked to do a gay pride event, um, I start making suggestions, and uh, and then their their interest wanes. Mm. And part of the reason is I think um, they ask me to do it because they've heard about me. Then they watch a video. And they're like, "Yeah, we don't want that." <laughs> and then, uh, and I know how rich those queers are, so I ask for a fee, and they're they're super cheap. They're as cheap as my dad. So I am. Um, I've never really garnered that sort of audience, you know, which you think would be relatively sympathetic, mm. but I don't want a sympathetic audience. <laughs> I don't need an audience who sits there going, oh yeah, we're like that. Oh, well, that happened. <laughs> I don't want that. I want you to be repelled by almost everything I say. So uh, th- you're right, this feeling, I think I think the discomfort I'm feeling is 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 empathy and warmth. And <laughs> as I say it, my skin crawls. And I have watched comics who I really admire their work on, on stage. Like someone like Izard, who just has it in the palm of his hand. He's <laughs> such a warm, gracious, generous performer. And I've watched him with complete envy. Mm. Uh, he performs at Top Secret sometimes in London, you know. Mm. And I work there a lot. I've seen him there a couple of times. I've even opened for him there. Nice. And I've been I've been stunned by how he could he he just has them the whole time, and um and at the same time I'm like I'm I, I know that I'm incapable or I thought that perhaps I was and it didn't it was never something I was in a long term way interested in for my career but I'm finding a way now maybe to achieve that and it does it does make me a bit sick inside but you know <laughs> just for me not for other people and I I feel a bit like for me it feels. What am I gonna say? It feels. It, it, I know this. Is, it feels vulgar. <laughs> Me saying. <that. laughs> I don't know if anyone that you're listening to your show knows what I do, but I'm I'm, I'm quite direct uh, and, and graphic.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it, do you think it will change you at all, or do you think? I mean, because it's. I mean, it's great to hear you're being tipped nicely, and it's. Uh... Mm-hmm. People are wanting it. I mean, depending how this long this goes on for, God, hopefully only another couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I absolutely. think it's good. it is going to change us all to a certain extent. Do you think it might change you at
1: all? Or well, I think larger events. Not that we, not that I do large events, but I think larger, like big well, big shows. Mm. I think people will be nervous about being in a room with more than you know two or three hundred people in it. I think that might alter performance because some comics are accustomed, even when you see them, if they're famous comics. If you even if you see them in a smaller venue, like uh, top, for instance Top Secret in London, or 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 even the Comedy Store, they're mm-hmm. quite loud and um, gregarious on stage. It's almost as if, because as if they're training for a larger room, as if they're, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? They're anticipating a bigger space,
0: yeah. And
1: they're marching across stage as if they're playing, you know, O2. And I think maybe that ambition might might diminish, and I think shows might become a bit more intimate because how can you? go on stage even in a couple of months and not talk about what we'll still be immersed in. what we'll still be going through. It's like when yeah. I saw, you know, I don't know if you know, if you saw Michael Barrymore when he tried to become a stand-up comic and return to live performance a few years ago.
0: Yes, I've seen clips of his, yeah, he did a theater, a couple of theater dates. Didn't he? he
1: did, yeah. And he didn't really talk about, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't yeah. talk about what he'd gone through in any way. He, and he started, when I saw him at this comedy store in London, he started to sort of, Peruse the audience and wink wink at the ladies, which was <laughs> super creepy, right? And, and I think Michael's a gorgeous performer and, and, and incredibly, in a way, I think his his journey is really important uh. in the UK and, and what he's gone through. But but it's you cannot talk about a national disaster or or that sort of situation. You cannot avoid it. So I think it will all, in some way, be a part of our acts, even even with comics who don't like talking about current events or or don't like doing any any self-referential material it'll be i think hard to avoid what do you think
0: yeah oh yeah i think it will certainly color people's material i've talked about this i talked about this yesterday with with nikao and it's going to. i think it will color if people don't want to talk about it i think it will naturally color your material just in in terms of in yeah in terms of kind of what's important and what the audience want to hear but who knows maybe after six months it'll all be forgotten about but i i doubt and people might not. be tired of
1: it right like they got tired yeah. of brexit tired of trump maybe they get tired of this too
0: yeah yeah but that's funny with barrymore yeah i'm just remembering him on stage just like it let's ignore so let's weird. forget about it let's forget about it yeah <laughs> and see ck ck's done that to a certain extent like he's in his special hasn't he? he's talked about it briefly and then he's kind of moved on um
1: i think that's the i think that's the best really just yeah just, you know but I think those singing singing to attractive women in the front row is probably not, <laughs> not yeah. going to work anymore. You
0: know? no yeah, that's your act now, of course. You know. Yeah, that, pretty much. You're yeah, Mr. C- Mr. much. Mr. Cuddly.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I do, I'm, I do make cameo appearances uh, like weekly or, 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 or twice a week appearances on a radio show oh. here in the, in the Bay Area. Radio is a great way to sell com- tickets to comedy shows. People are very loyal. Oh. Uh, and I've been on that show in the Bay Area for... For like 23 years, huh. and I really love it. I love the people who run it. I'm I'm quite close to the hosts. It's been it's a family with with all the pluses and minuses of, of what a family is. Huh. And one of the minuses I think is people feel worried and, and protective of me. So I've gotten a lot of responses from people locally. That's how really because uh, yeah. they follow me on Instagram and they're like, you know, was that an essential trip? And did you need those <laughs> biscuits and all? Seriously, and what are you doing at the beach? You know. Quarantine, okay. and quarantine and stuff is like, oh, okay, all right. And these are my middle-class, middle-aged ladies mostly who are commuters, and and they're being my mom. <laughs> okay. And so I've got to hold them and hug them and tell them I'm okay. They actually really like my husband. He's much warmer than me. <laughs> and they're they're more worried about him than me. But in, in a way, you have to, in a situation like this, a global pandemic where there's only one thing people are talking about, you kind of have to let them in. Yeah. Or else, what's the point of doing any of it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And how's how's San Francisco generally? You say the death rate's low. I've, I've it's fantastic. That. It's very low, isn't it? It's incredibly low. Um, no, we
1: we, we we just checked yesterday. We, we've only had thirteen deaths. Yeah, right? yeah. And those and those cunts might have kicked in anyway. So um, see anyway, <laughs> like, there he uh, is. There he is. <laughs> back, back and better than He's ever. back, <laughs> <laughs> you know if i had my way they'd be no but um uh, no yeah the the numbers are, are still double digits they're very low and in every of the five fa- the five counties in the bay area yeah so um, i wonder how long and, and and the city is the city of my childhood because i grew up here so it's quiet there's parking wow. um people have definitely been humbled by this you know even the 22 year olds who are making a quarter million a year working for apple i mean i think <laughs> even those people have been slightly humble you know and uh i feel like i'm not quite sure because the numbers are so low because people have been so proactive in, in the response to the COVID thing i'm not sure how long people have patience for it here unless yeah local small business owners who really aren't getting some of them the support they are told they should be receiving and right. it, i mean until that happens or until the numbers really spike i think people are going to lose their patience i mean they've been Incredibly supportive of one another here, but I think in a week or so, people gonna be like, "Look, if I can't pay my rent, I'm going back to work. You know, I'm not gonna make myself homeless over this." Yeah, yeah. And so, how's we, it going where you are?
0: Yeah, well, we we listen to a daily briefing at five o'clock from the government or one of the one of the cabinet to get our information. Where do you get your? How does it filter down from Trump? Oh, you how know where
1: we get it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, <laughs> from from Trump. Are you waiting for a local decision then, or uh... Uh,
1: from the three-ring circus? <laughs> no, we get it from, from Chief Clown, and he just starts <laughs> yelling at America. I mean, some people they they refuse to watch it, and they're just watching when 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 Fucci is on that that short Italian guy who's to, right. who's one of the uh, the career politicians around pandemics. I was just oh. also watching him from a video in two thousand and five when the h one whatever that thing was that that virus was spreading. Hmm. or, or about, they were about, they were worried it was going to spread globally. You know, he's always been around, always been worried, you know, so how this happened, cause he has Trump's ear. I really, I'm not sure how America was caught with their pants down, but they, but, you know, in places like Arkansas and Alabama, where they said, Oh, we didn't know that you could have symptoms or, or that you could have the disease without having symptoms. That's a game changer. You know, that's just happened a few days ago. It's, I think a part of the problem is it's, it, the country's too big. I mean, Trump aside. I think that i have felt this for a long time, that the u s is too in the in the current economic status that global that the global economy provides, I feel like America's too large to and unruly to govern huh. especially if someone as weak, you know as Trump. California always threatens to slice itself off and float into the sea.. Huh. <laughs> It's been th- it's been and tex- Texas has too, but California could afford it, and I wonder if this will lead to even more autonomy with the governors. To each governor taking even more power and control. I, yeah. That might happen. Yeah. And I think I think what's happening now is is the White House's power is weakening. It's diminishing its own its own control. I mean, Jared Kushner. I read a book on the Middle East. So I'm in charge. You know these kind of things <laughs> may make local governments alarmed. Yeah. And, um, and they re- and they reinvent themselves the way the way Governor Newsom in California has. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if he's pitching himself as president or if he's he's realizing that really I have more powers as a governor than I do as a president. And I think the governors do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I hear you on another podcast talking about how America can be painted in one brushstroke in terms of the stupidity of Trump. But I know it's a silly question but I, I, I heard we get these things from trump these little videos I don't know if you've seen it today it is one to watch even from someone like me who doesn't want to watch these kind of things but mm. i saw something from trump cut together it was something called like i'm not a doctor it was trump constantly saying i'm not a doctor but giving giving medical advice it's so it's so funny it's a uh. it's a stupid question perhaps but i'll ask it anyway is there in any sense that he's being misrepresented because from from here, from this distance, he just looks like he's handling it so badly.
1: Yes, it's true. But it's, I mean, it depends on who you ask. in this country, again, it's too large, and his his numbers are at about what they've always been. I mean, they they did spike a bit at the beginning of coronavirus, which is strange to me because it was it was such a joke at that point. I mean, compared to international response, and now he's at about forty percent nationally approval ratings. How anyone could, you know, but so much of it is people's own personal political agendas when they're responding to trump and you know I w- i've always felt like he's a single issue candidate which is the supreme court and as long as he does what he's told in terms of supreme court appointments people will overlook his response to the virus i think and they'll they'll feel like well you, oh, i don't know like they think he's doing what he can i i i yeah i i, 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 I And he's not the most terrifying one to me. It's the cabinet around him. Mm -hmm. It's the Republicans that don't step up for their constituency in either the House or the Senate. I mean, Mitch McConnell is a fucking monster, if you ask me, because he's he's promoting this president who's got blood on his hands. If you're a Californian, you think he's an idiot. But again, if you live in Kansas and you want abortion to be made into, you know, a federal crime, then you love him. We still, I still live in a country where abortion is used as a political weapon. And I fear that's happening in the UK in the future too. That lunatic home secretary you have, that woman (laughs) that we have, I don't know why I'm saying I'm going back in two weeks, but that woman is just, I mean, we all know that Johnson, every word out of his mouth is a lie. Whether or not he was ever really in the hospital, who knows? I don't trust anything he says. He's like, In a way, he's a he's a better educated Trump, which, you know, which might be more frightening. I don't know
0: How dare you? He's our new Jesus. He came back to life on Easter Day.
1: I saw that he wrote beautifully stage managed and a future father, by the way Yeah (laughs) That poor kid No, the whole thing You know, my husband's Brazilian and and uh, he has British citizenship now, but for a long time when we were together we thought, God, we've got three great options. We've got Obama, right, in the US. We've got, <laughs> you know, what's his name in the UK, who wasn't great, but he was harmless it seemed. And uh, we've got um, a decent leader in Brazil at the time. You know, there's, there's any of these three places we could go and live and we'd feel safe. And now... Yeah. Oh, God, I've, thinking, heard, I've heard about the Brazilian leader as well. He's doing some oh, crazy. He's, <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah. Telling people to be a man and arm themselves. Now we're thinking, what's Iceland like? I mean, you know, <laughs> chilly, but <laughs> yeah. Now I talked to Ari
0: Aldiak on this, uh, the Icelandic comedian. He, yeah, there's some good things going on there. There's some, uh, yes, sen- there's some sensible. Comedian. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, sensible. Yeah. There's a Corona free hour that they do eight till 9 PM. <laughs> so we tried to get that going here. So it, like, it's like, it's, uh, it's nice. It's good for mental health, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. So we can get you every night at eight o'clock.
1: Anyone can have me. I'm like the model UN. You you're all welcome indoors. Come on, <laughs> join me. Yeah. My, the my cle-
0: the clean, yeah? The clean, cute, cuddly Scott Capuro every, every <laughs> night at eight o'clock and they'll come to see your tour and be horrified.
1: It's really great to hear your voice and I'm glad you're doing well.
0: Yes, thank you so much. What a, what a, what a pleasure to have you on. Uh, lots of love and keep well. And uh, thank you very much. Take care of yourself. The absolutely amazing Scott Capuro. So great to have him on. One of the best comedians in the world and one of the loveliest guys. Beautiful. Yeah, after talking to Scott and Nick yesterday, I've been thinking more than ever about how this changes you, how this changes your comedy and how it changes you as a person and also kind of what you, what you miss and compartmentalising what you miss. And so when you get down, it's like, why am I getting down? Those are the things I miss But also these are the things that I don't miss. And that makes me happier when I think, well, I don't have to see, I don't know, people being horrible to each other. I don't even have to see that anymore. One of the benefits of this, I think, every time I talk to someone or every time I see interactions, then it's usually positive. And more than positive, it's loving. And it's beautiful to see. So... Obviously, there are downs, but we can contrast that with some of the beautiful things that are happening. So, again, thank you so much for sending me some beautiful words and for any donations you're giving to keep this all going and to keep me going. Thank you very much. That is our show for today. Join us again tomorrow for more Psycomedy Daily Dose. Thanks so much again to Scott. Following him on Twitter and Instagram at Scott Capuro. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pod People Productions. Get on Psychomedy.co.uk and there's mental health tips there from our counselling partners ThreadUp.co.uk. Look out for their free check-ins this week. See so, up the Corona free hour as I say, eight till nine. Let's do something else. Eight till nine. Come and watch me on Facebook Live on Wednesday for my Elton John. Silliness, us, please support the show at patreon.com slash nathancassidy, ko-fi.com slash nathancassidy, paypal.me slash nathancassidycomedy. But more than anything else, hope you're well. Stay well and stay optimistic. And join me on So Comedy Daily Dose tomorrow.
1: Pod People.